Welcome to the Conscious Masculine Lab. I'm your host, Charles Osborne. Get ready to unleash the power within as we navigate the realms of masculinity, dive into the depths of consciousness, and embark on a transformational journey to truly redefine what it means to be a man. Get ready to amplify your potential and embrace the conscious evolution of the masculine spirit. This is not just another podcast. It's a laboratory for the modern man, ready to forge his path with purpose and authenticity. Welcome to the Conscious Masculine Lab. Welcome to this week's Conscious Masculine Lab. I have with me the adventurer, the personal trainer, the kundalini teacher, the mindset coach, the crab fisherman, the salmon fisherman, the slayer of demons and dragons, <laughs> the all-out badass Austin Desquies. Welcome, Austin, to the show. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me on. This is uh, exciting. Looking forward to it. Well, what's alive in you today, brother? Let's start there. Oh, what's alive is reflection on life, on Brotherly love, getting pumped up in the studio here and jamming out to some, some, some hallucination and uh, just reflecting on a lot of the path that we've each walked. And uh, when I first met you a few years back at a men's retreat, all the steps and the many experiences since then and where we're at today, where I'm at today, where you're at today, uh, just kind of holding all that. So that's, I mean, a lot of joy, a lot of excitement, and looking ahead, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of beautiful uncertainty. Yeah, what's been some of the big joys for you that you've experienced over these past few years since we've met? <clears throat> Biggest joys. Wow, what a question. Say the biggest joys reflecting back have have been moments with people of relating to people and connecting to people in new ways that I never thought I'd be able I would ever experience moments of clarity of laughter sadness tears pain heartbreak loss strength moments of expansion and ideas just these moments that when I look back it's like this flash reel of uh, I might call them awakenings in a sense these little lenses of seeing into presence in the moment and and truth and feeling a connection to that presence being absolutely out of my mind uh, and cleared and present in my body, you know, not not in my head, but there in the moment with others that I could share that moment with, you know. A lot of times I, I've experienced things in life, I look around sometimes, there's not people there, but when I have a lot of these moments over these last few years, I look around, I'm like, do you remember that time that we, we both looked, it, something happened, and we both looked at each other in that moment, and we knew we both were feeling and sensing and seeing the same thing, and it was this, it was this palpable, similar heartbeat in, in spirit, in energy, you know. Those 
bring me joy. Those bring me aliveness and vitality and and strength and truth, even if they're moments of of heartache and pain. You know, it's it's still going through that together, going through that with somebody, being held through that or holding them through that. Those moments looking back are what bring me joy. That sounds really powerful and connecting. And I love how you also include in there the moments of heartbreak too. And being able to fully be present for that as you've been on this journey of conscious masculinity, how have you been able to hold space for that? And we're going to go jump right into this with the, the feminine as well. How has this evolution into conscious masculinity allowed you to hold space for the heartbreak in the feminine? And we're jumping off the deep end, right off the start. Right. Here. Going right into it. Yeah. So, I mean, just that topic alone, holding space, you know, first I'm going to just say what that means to me. What, what is holding the space? Hmm. In whatever container we're in, whatever moment we're in, there's this space that we're, that we're taking, right? Right now we're in this space that's being held for us to relate and talk about these different topics of conscious masculinity. What's it mean you know, for the divine masculine? What does it mean to be conscious? Holding space for someone else is this, it's the only way I can, well, one of the ways I can describe it energetically is to create an environment for them to where Whatever they want, whatever's on their heart, whatever's in their mind, it needs to come out. It's, it's something that's, that's causing them pain. It's, it's causing them misery. Holding that space is creating some sort of connective relationship and energetic vibe, so to speak, in the environment so that they can be drawn out. And so there's, there's a safety component with holding space. When someone feels safe to go into their darkness, you know, Someone is often there holding space with them. Someone is is helping them through that. And so holding space, it's it's like a there's no judgment. There's no trying to fix it. There's no solving their problem. There's 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 simply this witnessing them through a, a lens of God is what I is what I call it. Is witnessing this human going through this experience as and seeing through this lens what they're going through and holding them in in love you know so a short answer to that vast question or that that question is is holding them in love you know no judgment complete support whatever you got bring it to me it's right here it's safe i'm not taking it anywhere i'm not sharing it with anybody you are safe here and i have created this space for you to be and I want nothing from you. I just want to hold you through this. So that's what holding space in a general sense is. Uh, it's what it means with that, that, that relating to somebody, drawing them out. And we're, we're talking about masculinity and femininity. You know, the masculine and the feminine, the divine masculine, the divine feminine. What does it mean? for us as masculine, embodied masculine, to embody that, that energy and 
that is to create the space. And these these forces, these energies of consciousness within all of us, it's, it's not just man, woman. It's, you know, I have this, I have a great amount of feminine energy within me. You know, it's, it's feminine energy is this expression, it's this feeling, it's this emotion, it's the unknown, it's, it's the infinite. The masculine creates a space around the feminine so that it can go into its own darkness and go through the dark night of the soul. The masculine shines the light and holds whatever comes, and it may be painful. Oftentimes it is. Uh, often relationships, you know, when, when holding space for another person on a personal level, it's, there's, there's going to be some stuff that's like, oh, yeah, that hurts, that hurts, that hurts. And I'm still here. I'm still holding it. That's, that's the job of the masculine. Or we're able to take it. You know, we're, that masculine energy is able to break down and rebuild itself daily. You know, I die daily. It, it comes down to that. It's a, a continual conscious intention to create a safe space for what needs to manifest for the feminine, from the feminine. You know, so that comes out within ourselves, with, within our relationships, you know, and as embodied masculine or embodied feminine, it plays out in different ways. But everyone holds these energies. We do it in our own lives. We create a structure for our own life to create a life that we want, to manifest these things, to, you know, become, basically. We, what, what's that structure around my life that, in which I'm becoming? The, the feminine energy is the process of that becoming. So I need to create a structure of a masculine nature that, that sets a space that's safer, that it encourages and draws out that becoming from within me. Yeah, that sounds very foundational. Mm -hmm. um, as a, not only a container for the feminine, like you're saying, but a container for all energies and something to build your life upon is like a very foundational, conscious way to be, a way of moving around the earth and being. And this is very much um, counter to what we see in culture a lot of times where men are trying to be in competition. They're trying to strive and fight to get their needs met. Um, they're distracted. Mm. They're cut off from their emotions and feelings. They're not able to create that container so that when those things start coming, they start running. Right. And they're running to, um, whether that's food or alcohol or porn or drugs or whatever it is, um, they're running from that and that container. With the ability to have that container comes some centering and some strength and um, the ability to um, create and provide safety and build something that's, that's lasting and stronger. I like how you started out um, defining that. Um, because I feel like within this new ethos of conscious masculinity and this movement that's been happening um, over the past couple decades, that there has to be kind of a definition of terms. Right. Like, what are we talking about here? And um, so I want to kind of rapid fire some things, some words to you, yeah. and just whatever comes up, whether that's a feeling a thought, 
a one phrase thought or an explained thought or whether that's a story. Yeah. Um, the buffet is laid out before you. Love buffets. Yes, gotta love buffets. All the food. And um, you pick whatever you want from the buffet. So I'll, I'll hand you the plate and you, you put on there what you want. Copy that. Let's go. Brotherhood. Mm. Brotherhood, strength, union, shared burdens, sh- iron sharpening iron. Authenticity. Not trying to be anything else other than what you are, where you are, saying how you feel, what you think, regardless of any fears or expectations of others, regardless of fears or expectations of yourself. You know, being 100% you where you are, not trying to, not trying to put on a facade, not trying to uh, avoid just being like, I'm in pain. I'm in a lot of pain right now. Mm. I'm not fully present, you know, or, or I am alive. I'm a hundred percent. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to run, go run a Spartan race right now. Let's go. You know, whatever it is, you know, I'm feeling anger, you know, and that's for, for a lot of people when they hear anger, they're like, Oh, run. He's, uh, he's angry. You know, I'm just feeling anger. It's not because of you, this, that it's, I'm feeling anger. This thing's within me. This is present. So being real with yourself and then being truthful and then just stating that. And that's, it's not an easy feat sometimes. We, we have a lot of patterns. We have a lot of conditioning and programmings from childhood, you know, you name it, whatever it is. Uh, and sometimes that keeps us locked up, keeps us kind of in our shell. You know, in my experience, my personal experience, you know, I've just had these limited beliefs here and there, but. There's nothing wrong with being who you are exactly right because deep down that's all we want. We we want to see the other human exactly as they are. We don't want to see anything else. We don't want to see agendas. We don't. Wanna, I want to see you, and I want to be with you mm. here in this moment because yeah. this this is all we got. All we have is time with each other. That feels so beautiful and true for me. You know, as um, each layer gets shed within me. And you talk about those patterns, um, like not being able to speak my full truth because I'm afraid that what I have to say, she's not going to be able to handle, mm. or she's not going to love me as much. She's not. She may not even like me anymore after she knows this about me. And so I'm going to hold it in. I'm going to keep it into myself. But then what I've done when I've done that is I've actually created instead of creating safety and protecting her, I've done the opposite. Mm-hmm. And now I've created a rupture and I've created distrust and discord and disharmony by not showing up as my authentic self, not letting her see me. Like she wants to see all the parts of me, mm-hmm. not just riding on top of the horse with my shining armor and my sword blazing. Of course that's hot, you know, but, she wants to see me when I fall off the horse, and and what do I do then, and who am I then, you know? Right. So I I really love how you tied in authenticity, that being true to yourself, with also those patterns that could cause us to not be authentic, to not be an authentic self. Well, and they'll they'll pick up on it too. She'll know. 
she she knows. She already knows. If something is is a wedge between, you know, let's say you know, you're having a relationship uh, with with a woman, she knows. Feminine energy is powerful, and it picks up on things. And then oftentimes, let's say you're on your horse and you go off on a battle and you go through these incredible moments and you come back and your sword is raised and you conquered the mission and everything. And you had some wounds along the way, but you don't tell her about those wounds. She'll know, you know, and metaphorically speaking, whatever this is in life, it could be the work day, it could be frustrations. It could be, you know, something that we fell short on, on adding up the numbers or, or whatever it was, you know, there's a, that's on our mind, and anything that's hidden, she'll feel that tension. So women are very intuitive. Or the feminine is very intuitive. They'll pick up on it, and then they'll start poking. They'll start poking mm. the structure of the masculine. You know, what's going on here? What's going on? I, I want to know. Why is this not fully, you know, feeling com- completely connected and authentic? You know, she knows truth, and she'll feel that truth from you. Yeah, she knows truth. I like that saying, the feminine knows truth. And especially if it's something that's tied to guilt or shame, Mm. because those are so low on the consciousness scale that they send a ripple effect throughout our whole energetic bodies. Mm -hmm. And and, and if, if we're in that place, there's such a discord. It's like static on a channel. And you just can't really, you can hear some of it, but you can't really, it's not clear. And she'll feel that static from you in that energetic connection with her. And, you know, bringing that guilt and shame out, being authentic with ourselves of, hey, maybe it was a temptation. I had this temptation or I had this thought. And I'm going to just keep it to myself and hide it because I don't want to cause problems or rifts. But that energy's felt. And this is a deeper work of this conscious masculine is that it's not just on the surface about what we do. It's not just about doing the right things, but it's about being in energetic alignment. And that's authenticity as well is like being true to the energy that's that's behind, that's, that, that's a part of the thoughts. Every thought creates energy, you know, where your, where your uh, focus goes, your energy flows. Mm -hmm. And there's energy behind all of those thoughts. Yeah, and um, she'll and you know, and she'll, she'll pick up on it. You know, it, it's the one of the functions of the masculine is to hold the space, to shine the light for the feminine to go through the dark night of her soul, through going through that, through the through the gleaning of the the gold that's through going through that process. You know, she comes out the other side to shine her light. One of the functions of the feminine to the masculine, just in energetics, is to point out the parts of the ego that need to die mm. for it to become the best part. You know, it's for, for a masculine to become the highest version of the self. There's a lot of ego death in there. And so when that shame and that guilt is felt and she picks up on it, you know, it's like an immediate, it's, just, it's this instinctive energy to say, what is that? This is something that needs to be looked at. Let's look at it, you know, and that's, that's uncomfortable. We, we don't want to look at that. I don't want to look at that thing, you know. I'm ashamed of it, or, or I feel guilty for it, you know. I want to avoid it at all costs. But that's the beauty of being in a divine relationship with the feminine is because it's it's this it's this we're two or one, you know. 
that's there to help us, to sharpen us. That's the, that's the force that sees us in parts that we can't see in ourselves. And it's beautiful. And when we're able to navigate that together, my God, I mean, the strength and the connection that comes from that afterwards is tenfold. You know, that one wound, let's say it was just hiding this wound, that's holding back this, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, let's just put an energy, you know, kilocalories of energy, you know, to it. And it's holding back all of this love and this depth, you know, between you and this person. And once it's looked at and worked through, it's like a, it's like the dam comes down, all this love and connection and elevation. And so then you elevate and you rise together in that consciousness and then you move forward together. I mean, that's, it's a process and it doesn't happen once, it happens over and over and again. So it's, it's a practice, you know, yeah. beautiful practice. Absolutely. Empowerment. Empowerment. Standing, facing boldly to the unknown, facing harsh conditions, staying still in the cold, strengthening through feeling the sensation of weakness. Empowerment is standing in truth, standing up for fellow brother, your, your sister, standing up for what you know is right and intervening when you know something's wrong. Empowerment. Mm. I like that. And I'd like to add agency, mm. the ability to choose the life that you want, the feelings that you want, the future that you want, not allowing external circumstances to dictate how I'm going to wake up and feel. I'm going to wake up with gratitude. I'm going to wake up energized and alive and ready to face the day. I'm going to be strategic with how I design my life. I'm going to be empowered to make the choices that's going to lead to the results that I, that I want for myself, my family, my community. Um, and no longer allowing the external circumstances to dictate like, oh, you know, the government did this. The, the workers did this, my boss did that. It's always some outside force that's keeping me from living the life that I want to live. And empowerment says I have the agency to choose for myself. Nothing in the outside is stopping that. Yeah, it's like the opposite of, of victim, uh, opposite of victimhood, you know. Even if things do happen, that happens. That's true. We're not denying that. And I choose to do this with it. That was given to me as a challenge, a test, or whatever it was. It, it made me stronger. Somehow, some way, that experience, there's always strength in those experiment, experiences. And so it's a, I hear it's like a, it's an opposite mindset of victimhood. Whatever happens in the world, I choose this. Accountability. Mm. Accountability. Let's see what's coming up for accountability. Accountability is finding someone I trust to share and say, "Hey, I fell. I fell. 
I fell in my life. I fell in my goals. I fell in my intentions. Uh, I, I fell short, and that's okay. Uh, accountability is being truthful to yourself. Accountable to yourself, accountable to uh, a brother, accountable to a higher order or a higher power, a higher consciousness, holding accountability and looking at it with truth. Mindfulness. Mindfulness is a, it's a broad topic. Let's see what comes up for mindfulness. Say breath, this moment, wherever this is, whenever this is. And it is me and my environment and everyone in that environment. Being mindful is an awareness uh, that this moment, this present moment, I'm in this place, I'm staying with this breath, I'm sharing this space with this person, this person has their own story, is carrying their own things, and we have this space together, and maybe we have a mission together. But mindfulness is just holding that, holding yourself within the environment, holding an awareness and a lens that will keep you there, and seeing and keeping up with anything that may arise, being mindful of someone's bodily behavior, you know, their, their physicality, it's like, they might be contracted. Well, I'm mindful of that person. They might, they might need a need a hug, you know. Or, or mindful that someone's brow is furrowed, and you know, in the corner of the room, and mindful that they might be angry. Or mindful that uh, if we're in a retreat or something, and there's within my environment, I see a jug of water that's low. Mindful that, that needs to be taken care of. So it's it's almost like mindfulness is knowing that I'm in this moment, and that it's not all about me. Yeah, I like that. And I also add in from my vantage point, mindfulness being a part of unity, that there's a oneness and that there's an illusion with the ego of separateness. You know, you have your reality, your things, your house, your car, I have mine, and none of the two shall meet unless we decide. In actuality, you know, we're sharing the same air. You know, we're sharing the same water. We're on the same planet. We're all receiving the same sunlight. Like there's more things that connect us and that draw us together in unity and oneness than there are that, that we create this illusion of separateness. Yeah. And so this mindfulness to me is like this um, present reality, staying with this present reality that I am one with all things. And that there is no separation between me and that person that just cut me off on the highway. You know, I'm one with them. We're sharing the same roads. We're both um, trying to get somewhere together. And, you know, that how I react to all of those external stimuluses has a lot to say about how I view that oneness. Like, do I think that I am one or do I think that I'm separate? And and that has a lot to say about um, taming the ego and how much am I being driven by my ego and this need to be um, special right. and different right. than everyone and everything. Well, and, and the 
what came up was, you know, we're, we're each a reflection of each other in some sort. When one of us succeeds, you know, there, that's a part of us succeeding. It's part of, you know, you are a reflection uh, of, of me. And oftentimes you say someone cutting you off in traffic and in Dallas traffic, you know, there's honking horns. It's, it's crazy. Uh, it's chaos. And I love it. Some some part of them is very upset you know, that this happened on the road. Well, that's that's a part of my consciousness. On some level, something about that situation upsets me, you know. And I'm seeing that. And oftentimes, they, you know, we we talk about triggers, you know, getting triggered by somebody when we have this interaction with somebody. It's it's you know, in that unity, we see something, we get triggered. That's something that we're not. Our ego is not ready to look at yet. And it sets us off into this reactive pattern program where we automatically react instead of just holding it, instead of holding space for it, right? So going back to that, that unity, you know, we're reflections of each other. And that's how we help each other. That's how we grow and how we see each other. Agreed, 100%. Yeah. Emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence. I said it in my best academic voice yeah yeah it was really well done emotional intelligence ah emotional intelligence is in me it's a an inward awareness that i feel through my body when when there's something that happens there's an emotion and you know, for, for years, I, I had this practice of internalization and, and numbing. I could just put things where they needed to be so I could keep on operating and surviving. So I'd say emotional intelligence is the practice of opening up and holding space of what just happened. You know, whether it's joy, whether it's fear, whether it's anger, what's coming up in my body, there's tension here. I'm, I'm contracting. I'm, my, my, my physical body went from open and expressed and, and ready to contracted and, and kind of timid and shy and back. So it's, it's an inward awareness of internal energies, you know, conscious internal energies. And it's oftentimes it's stuff stored. You know, we've got these stored emotions and knowing in practice, it's, it's the practice of awareness of what, what makes me happy, what brings me joy, what makes me angry, what brings me that anger, why am I angry? It's, it's chasing, going down the rabbit hole of these emotions that for years I practiced not. So an emotional intelligence is why am I angry about this? Well, I'm angry about it because of A, B, and C. Why is that anger there? It's because I care about these things, right? And so it, going down those rabbit holes, it's communication. It's, being, it's a willingness and a patience to go through the emotion, to ride it, to see what can I find out about me through that emotion, you know? Yeah. And you've been a part of men's retreats. How many men's retreats have you done over the past three years? Mm. say close to seven yeah seven men's retreats seven and within those men's retreats there's oftentimes an opportunity for men to do some shadow work yes and so what that looks like you want to can you describe a little bit of what that looks like and then 
kind of how this emotional intelligence aspect comes into play on like chasing down and getting behind and then some of the results that you that you've been able to witness of the men do um and then maybe even how that's manifested and been seen in the body as well through that process yeah yeah so we'll start with you know the the shadow these things that are in our underworld so to speak these things that we're we've evolved to you know kind of push down and not see so that we can stay feeling good and stay in the light at a men's retreat there's a lot of you know i, I did these uh, i did these divine masculine immersions down in austin texas and we there's a lot of energetic activations there's a lot of you know personal practices where we eye gaze with a man you know for sometimes five minutes at a time for someone who's never done that before, immediately on the first day, that, that can be uncomfortable, right? Being this close to a man and just staying present with them and just seeing what comes up. So there's these layers of activations, and there's kundalini yoga, you know, which rapid fires breath and movement and, and moves actual energy through the chakras to activate stuff. There's ice baths, you know, there's fire walks. And so at some point, there you know, when we're in a, a shadow circle, there's something present with a man that is, and it's subtle, you know, we'll say, who's got something present that they really need to to be seen or witnessed for? And it's this, it's it's often this slight nudge from an individual, and he'll, he'll step forward, and there's usually a few guys that step forward, and we'll go through a couple times and see who's who wants to move, you know, who wants to stay in the center to to go through that and usually uh the other guys will hold space you know there's a few guys that will step up initially and they say you know what it's not my time that's fine and there's this one guy that says i know i've got this thing i don't know what it is it needs to move and i need to be witness for it so going into that one is creating the space and holding the space with the emotional intelligence that this man has been carrying something for a very long time. It could be shame. It could be guilt. Uh, there's pain in this man, in his heart. And the men around hold that. We hold that, the heart of that man, so that it feels safe to express that, to, to get to the bottom of it. And it's, it's not immediate. You know, there's a, there's a little, there's a rabbit hole to go down. And it's a, it's a series of questions and, and, you know, one man in particular will, will stand in front of him and prompt him and follow the cues of his body, of his, of his responses. You know, is there a charge there? Is there a charge here? Sometimes they'll kind of be flat, and, and when the emotion is buried but it doesn't want to be seen, there'll be some questioning, and, and you know, let's say you're, I'm, I'm the shadows within me, and you're asking me, and you're poking me on these questions, and I just kind of stay flat. I'm not really activated. And all of a sudden you ask one question and you see my body change. You see, and then that's, that's what you're hunting right there. So you're like the shadow hunter, the, the shadows in my heart, and you're, you're going to stay with that and you're going to hold space for that. And you're just following that and, and questioning that line of, you're questioning that line of, of energy that you, that you saw and you, you felt within him. And as soon as that little spark kind of comes up and there's a body change or there's a physiological response and there's an emotional response, 
something different. There's a shift. And then you hunt that down and the deeper, the deeper you go and it goes, it often is something from childhood. You know, it could be a, a, a broken relationship with a father, broken relationship with a mother, something that that man, when he was a child, did not get and was needing, was, was wanting, was needing. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe he, you know, was just not held like he needed to be. Whatever it was, he did something, you know, as a kid to survive that. And that's what makes us so strong and brilliant and beautiful as humans. We're great survivors, and we have these mechanisms that we find a way to cope and keep going, you know. And so the shadow work is like, hey, you don't have to hold it anymore. And there's light being held back because of that thing. Are you ready to see it? Are you ready to let go of that thing? You know, and so it takes it takes a lot of courage for an individual to go that to go there in front of twenty twenty five guys. You know, it takes even I'd say even more courage to do that. I'd say in, in general for for men to do that in in front of women. It's hard for us to go to those places, and we're we're I was taught and I was raised to be seen, don't be heard. If you feel, don't show it. You are strong. You are relentless. You are powerful. You do not, you know, you do not falter from these expectations and don't let anybody see you weak, especially girls, especially women, you know. And so unraveling that program takes courage. It takes willingness and patience. And it's a, it's a better practice when, when we're able to go there with men first, right? When we're able to have brothers to support us. I mean, this is it's like back in the day, you know, Christ and the disciples, they held space for each other to go through these, these moments, these energetic movements and, and supporting each other. And so I, a brotherhood and that iron sharpening iron is what I was talking about earlier, I think is absolutely crucial so that we know how to go to those places and not get stuck in them. Right, we're not supposed to go there and stay. We're supposed to feel it, move it behind that darkness. That shadow is revealed. This light comes through, and and uh, I've seen a man in the middle of a, a shadow, you know, practice going into that shadow. Physiological, energetic shifts in his body. He could be shaking. I saw one guy. He was like convulsing. There's this energy in his arm, and it's just going wild and wild and wild, and. After that energy moves through, wherever it's stored in the body, wherever, yeah, wherever it's stored in the body, the body keeps the score. There's this lightness of this man. There's this smile, and he looks around, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, welcome. Hey, you're here. We, we got you here. And it's this whole level of presence that wasn't felt before, a level of willingness. It's an open heart. It's open eyes. It's a smile. You know, that's the shift that comes afterwards, and that's what's beautiful to see. That's what's, you know, that's, that's, we don't, I don't expect to see that every time. You know, sometimes there's shadows upon shadows. But eventually, when those shadows move, the light comes through. Yeah. And I'm hearing that this, um, being able to define emotional intelligence and look at it in very much as a broad spectrum, as a tool to excavate what's deep down inside um, is so vital to the men's work. Yes. You know, emotional intelligence is, in my opinion, the foundation for men's work. Yes. And it really um, is going to set the stage for 
being able to do everything. And I admire those men who are skillful in their craft, who are shadow hunters, mm -hmm. who could stand there in front of another man and, you know, see those subtle movements in the body, see where the energy is shifting, see where he's um, holding on to the story that he's telling himself and really kind of get to the bottom of it and support him and like being empowered himself to see it and to do the work. Yeah. And it takes a tribe, you know? Um, we're, we're very much in an individualistic society. We've lost our tribalness. Mm -hmm. But when we get together as a tribe like that and we support each other and there's somebody, a leader there who has that high level of emotional intelligence and is willing to put himself on the line to stand in front of another man and just dig, chop wood, carry water. You know, we talk about this fundamental chopping wood and carrying water being so basic to what we need in life. Um, and it's just powerful. Yeah. So yeah. powerful. And further on, I mean, on the emotional intelligence, it's recognizing that emotions are, are neutral pieces of communication. We've attached good and bad to them but they're simply communicators, right? Anger communicates to me what I care about. Sadness to me communicates that there's been some loss, that there's some void that you know, is there and I need to look at it. Something needs love there. Fear is a great communicator. Fear teaches, it's, it's our evolutionary. We evolve when we're able to sit and stare with our fear. We evolve, it's raw evolutionary power to transcend something that is just an illusion. That fear is crucial, you know, in being with it, in riding it, and in, in facing it with courage. That's how we grow our courage. And then our joy is, you know, joy is our, our possibilitator. It's our, you know, it's, it creates possibilities. When we're in a joyful state and we're expanded, and it's like, yes, yes, and with Tony Robbins action, yes, yes, you know, it's getting that energy up. It's like, I don't know how, but we're gonna make it happen. <laughs> We're going to go. It's going down for real. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Let's go. You know, that, that, that's, that's joy. That's raw joy. Absolutely. You know, so these emotional intelligences, recognizing emotions are, are great. Uh, they're energy. They're just energy. And our stored emotions are our energy that's been locked up. Yeah, energy in motion. Yes, energy in motion. And so the emotional intelligence is to be able to look at those emotions and, and take it, go into it, and be like, all right, all right what's the... What's the golden nugget here? What's this telling me? How can I use this? It's like a, like I'm on a chariot with four horses, the four horses of the four basic emotions. Each of these horses are doing their thing, but they have this capacity to drive this chariot wherever I want to go. But they can't all be going in different directions. I hold the reins. Yeah. You know? And those four basic emotions are joy, sadness, anger, and fear. And fear. Yeah. That's foundational. Everything boils down to those. Everything you know? boils down to those. We got two more rituals. Rituals. Creating containers for yourself. Creating these, you know, energetic containers. Rituals are are, are routines that build the structure, that masculine structure for our lives. Rituals are uh, a way to go from chaos into order, you know, there's, there's our personal rituals, there's community and ceremonial rituals, 
there's a reason why there's a, a sequence steps into entering into what would be a container for a retreat. And it's creating a ritual around that to say, hey, there is something sacred that we are creating space for. And through this sacredness, we are going to follow this series of steps. And it could be breath work. It could be prayer. It could be kundalini yoga practice. It's, it's whatever our practices or those, those tools are to create a structure for the divine to come through, to create a structure to be that vessel of love and light. But without creating that structure through some sort of, of stacked practices or rituals, we are bound to the chaos. Yeah. So many times in rituals, there's fire. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that fire is such a vital part of rituals? Fire is transformative. It is heat. It burns everything, right? Fire is speaking to the elements within us that we relate to. Earth, wind, fire, water. You know, each of these elements has a certain energy, and fire is the most explosive, powerful, transformative energy. When we're under fire, when we're under pressure, a, a diamond doesn't become a, a diamond by itself. It's pressurized, pressurized coal. You know, that's the that's that energy of fire converting matter to something greater. You know, so that fire within ourselves, things we get fired up about, that we're passionate about, you know, passionate about travel or adventure or uh, leading workshops, teaching, you know, whatever it is, whatever those things are that activate us, going on dates and creating these romantic, those, you know, those passions within us, these fires that help us create. And with fire comes burning away of things, you know, Kali Ma, burn away parts of the ego, you know. So I think also, you know, I think on an evolutionary standpoint, we've gathered around fires for eons, you know. And the fire is one of my, I mean, having a, having a sacred fire on a community, within a community, it's a space holder. You know, it holds the space for us to gather around, especially in the cold, in the darkness. It, it's very nature. And then there's a whole art of building a fire. You know, the whole, we talked about this with with business a while back when we were on a road trip, is, is building your fire. It Line up the sticks, you create the tinder, you know, and then you stoke that fire, you get the flame going. You build it accordingly, and you're going to build this one, you're going to build many more. But it's a space holder a space holder for people to come together to reflect in most of my most of my greatest meditations or reflections come from staring into a fire and ever since I was a kid you know even having a fire with my dad at the lake it was is this peace time so the fire is this beautiful elemental poetic space holder for transformation for reflection for community bonding Roasted marshmallows, s'mores. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful. I mean, that's that's one of the greatest practices I've I've ever had. Just having a fire with somebody. Purpose. We'll end with purpose for this list. Okay, purpose. This is a good one. 
Purpose is something that I seek in everything, in everywhere, in every person. It is the reason in which I wake up in the morning, the reason that gets me out of bed, something that is in every moment, doesn't always feel aligned. Sometimes I've, I've worked a lot of different jobs, and I was on this mission for a while. Like i got to find my purpose in life. got to find my purpose. Well, my purpose is to be here in every moment. My purpose reveals itself with the work that I do, whether that's serving in a restaurant, teaching a kundalini class, having a conversation. My purpose in that moment is to be in that moment and to show up to it. And from there, there starts to build this overarching greater purpose that accumulates in life. And there's, you know, I feel, I think, a sense, you know, that there's always this deeper, deeper calling and purpose within somebody. And we talked about this a while back. It's something that, that, that our true purpose for living, it's like Mark Twain had this quote, so there's two, two most important dates in your life, the day you were born and the day you find out why, you know? And I think that why has to do with that purpose of what we're here to do, looking, and it, looking beyond the illusions of the world, beyond the matrix, beyond reality, beyond societal expectations, status quo, exp- whatever it is, everything, all that stripped away, why am I here, and what is, what is that thing that is so alive in me that when I, if I had nothing else, if I had no car, if I had no home, I would be willing to sleep on a park bench and wake up and run to so that I could serve this purpose every day. What is that thing? And I think that's something that drives each of us, and it comes out in little ways in everything that we do. And it's a it's it's a rabbit hole. It's it sometimes it's hidden, but there's this there's this burning fire within the heart, and it holds that purpose. And it's it's our job to find it and fulfill it, whatever it is, destiny. You know, you might say, but purpose is finding purpose. It's finding itself through itself in every moment. Yeah, I'm sensing this. Aliveness. I really like how you tapped into purpose as being like energetically um, addicting. Yes. Like this is like rapture. There's nothing else that like I can do no other. Right. I have to do this thing. And no matter what happens to me, I'm still going to do this thing. Like there's nothing that can keep me from doing this thing. That's how convicted I feel on yeah. on fulfilling and showing up for this thing that I want to bring into the world or create or serve or teach. There's a, there's this compulsion, like you're compelled to do this. And it almost feels to me as if there's some divine order behind it. There's a divine calling. C.S. Lewis said that God's the great hound of heaven, mm. that once he gets your scent, he never lets it go. Yes. And it's like you've been just consumed with this thing. And purpose doesn't always have to be that intense, but within the conscious masculine, finding that intensity and that devotion and that connection to something that's higher than ourselves, 
that serves more than ourselves. And like, I don't even care if I'm going to, if I get paid for this, like you said, I don't care if I have a house, I don't care what I'm doing this thing. Yeah. I love it. And I'm doing it not because I want to save you or save the world, but I'm doing it because it's in my pleasure and it's in my joy and I can do no other. Yes. And it comes from within. It's in my bones. It's in my blood. It's so palpable that I have to do this thing. It's, it's, and it's, it's always half a mystery, you know? It's always unveiling. It's always expanding itself in different ways. And uh, I like the C.S. Lewis quote, and there's another, there's another framework or comparison that I like, is that, you know, each of us are a thread in, in the tapestry of life, and only the all-seeing, only, you know, only in God's tapestry, each of us are a thread. And on the front side of that tapestry is this beautiful picture that none of us can see but we're a part of it. We're a thread in it, you know. On the back half of that tapestry is a mess. The threads are all over the place, right? That's what it took to make the front of that tapestry. And so each of us are, are finding our thread, our purpose, and to paint that picture and to piece together through ourselves, through our purpose, through each other, you know, that grand, that grand picture, that grand tapestry. Yeah. I like that. That's a beautiful illustration, the tapestry. And it also brings back the idea of oneness as well, mm. that my purpose is connected to your purpose and that we share some synergy in this. And when I'm living in my purpose, connecting to what's most important to me, then you're empowered to live in your purpose as well. You're inspired. You're mobilized you have the resources you have the support yeah i mean we are bound together in this journey to both live our purpose together we're working on the same picture we're a part of the same picture yeah There's different threads and not only us but all men together mm -hmm. we are all part of this journey mm -hmm. all men all women all of it 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 all comes together in this beautiful, aligned, amazing, synchronistic, energetic, conscious, messy, messy, beautiful, loving, hurtful, painful, grateful, joyful. All of it is held in this tapestry, and we get to experience it. We get to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's one of my purposes of of discovering life is getting to that point of witnessing reality and saying, I get to be a part of this. And I want to go do these things because I'm grateful to be here. Purely for my own joy and pleasure. Because I get to be here. Because I love it. Because I get to love it. No matter how hard it is, how difficult it is, I love this. I get to be here. I woke up another day. I'm, I'm breathing. Wow, that's a good breath. You know, getting to that point, I think, is a, is a common purpose in a lot of people's lives. And then creating from that point. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you sharing what you thought of those words that come up. And there's so many more things that we need to define and in this movement. You know, this is really a new age. This is the, you know, age of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. This is unlike any other time that we've ever experienced. You know, our grandfathers and our fathers, the consciousness that worked for them 
no longer serves today. Mm -hmm. And we're in this information overload. Everybody has all the information that they would ever need or know what to do with, and yet there's still a feeling of lostness and disconnection. And, you know, so I appreciate this defining of these terms and working through them, and not only working through them intellectually, but letting them become a part of our lives as far as the transformational work that we're doing. So what's on the horizon for you? What's the next adventure? The next adventure is I am set to go crabbing off the coast of Washington uh, within the next week. So, you know, crabbing and living on a boat with four of the guys and going out to the divine feminine. Nothing's more feminine than the ocean. Just uncertainty, raw power, beauty, you know, going out there, whatever the conditions are, you know, I imagine there'll be some deadliest catch style action out there. From what I've heard, it's pretty intense. And, you know, so that's, that's what's, uh, that's what's in store. Yeah. Going to get out there and learn how to crab, learn how to handle these, you know, there's like 130 pound cages, I think. And we were out there for 20 hours at a time, three or four days back to back and go into port, get some rest, repeat, you know? And so that's the art of crabbing, dealing with the crabs, you know, which I think is poetic. There's a lot of poetry in life. And wherever I go on these adventures, I'm like, where's the poetry here? And it's like, all right, we're going to learn how to catch and deal with these crabs, you know, which I think is, speaks on a lot, of, a lot of the negativity that humans experience in life. We're always going to be dealing with crabs, people that they're just, you know, there's these energies out there that just, they're meant to grab and chew on things. And whatever it is you're trying to do, whatever it is we're trying to be, there's this meh, meh, you know, and then they'll, they're just like, that's all they do, you know. How do you deal with these crabs? Stop it. Stop that. I'm trying to be here. I'm growing. I'm expanding, you know. So to me, there's it's a poetic mission. and My my first fishing mission, I, I called Fishing with God. And then so poetically, I was like, all right, what am I going to name this chapter? I'm going to call it, you know, Crabbing with Christ. Teach me how to deal with the crabs. Nice. Well, it sounds like you're going to definitely experience some challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be able to break through into a different level of consciousness through this test that you're going to face. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's some um, like feeling of anticipation of going into something that's so huge. Totally. And a lot of unknowns. Yeah, there's having, some fear there for sure. never done that before. Yeah. So, you know, I look at you and I see this bravery and this courage that's an embodiment of the conscious masculine, of the divine masculine. I look at you and I see this man who is so loving, so fun, and yet so strong and powerful and courageous. Be able to go out there on the sea, handle these crabs, and yet at the same time, you're holding this spiritual insight. What is it that's going to be revealed to me by spirit? How am I going to grow from this? How am I going to evolve? And how am I going to come out of this more equipped to serve and to connect and to be in those moments? Like when we started out, I asked you, what was your biggest joy? And it was connecting with these people in these moments. And I imagine being with these men on this boat, you're going to have some moments 
there and you're going to have a hell of a story to share when you get back. Yeah. And, um, thank you for being here. I really appreciate your energy, your spirit, your passion, your wisdom. And, um, I look forward to continuing to hear about your journeys, your adventures. And I think it's beautiful, man. Mountains beyond mountains. Mountains beyond mountains. Keeps going.